What a wonder you are. Could you believe that? Could you just raise your hands right now to heaven? All over this house. Hallelujah. Let that be your expression of praise right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're my healer. Thank you, Lord, that you're my deliverer. Thank you, Lord, that you're my way maker. Thank you, Lord, that you're my salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you woke me up this morning uh, and I was in my right mind. What a wonder. What a wonder. Aren't you thankful that you know who Jesus is? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, glad to see you on Wednesday night. A spring break. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that we're in the presence of Jesus Christ. No place I'd rather be. Amen. No matter how I may feel in my body, no matter how my day has gone, there's no better place to be than with God's people in God's house. In his presence. The Bible says in his presence, there's what? Fullness. Everybody say fullness of joy. At his right hand, what? Pleasures forevermore. So we're thankful to be here tonight. And I, I, I'm going to ask you ahead of time to bear with me, my voice, my throat, whatever is going on. The Lord knows. Day seven, the Lord knows. But I'm here in Jesus' name. Amen. We're praying for pastor and their family. They're traveling this week. They'll be back. And we're believing God that when they come back, they'll be rested and restored. And, uh, but uh, we're glad that you're here today. Can you imagine week seven in the book of James? How many of you have been here all seven weeks? All seven weeks, just raise your hand. Man, you've been on a journey. Bless your heart. We're just through chapter three, but we've had a good time. Amen? Lord, I just pray right now that you would speak to us your word, the character, the virtue, the power, the presence of your word would just flow in this house. And we would leave encouraged and strengthened. And you would direct us and help us and encourage us and make us better believers and better followers and and better friends and better husbands and better wives and better employees as we leave this place tonight. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. We're in James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 13. Pastor, if you weren't here last week, please go back and listen to that. Amazing word on what it means to tame our tongue. How many of you remember that? You've been practicing that this week, I hope. James is so practical and filled with wisdom. There's so much here. I've been trying to absorb these five verses over the last few days. And every time I go back and look at it again, there's just so much here. But I'm going to read to you first from the New King James Version uh, which I would normally read to you. And then I'm going to read to you from the message as well, because I believe there's something here for us. Verse 13, hopefully you're in your Bible. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show. What is James saying? He's saying, if you're wise, let it show. Amen? Amen. 
Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness. Everybody say meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly. It is sensual. It is demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. James is saying there is a self-seeking knowledge that leads to pride. Are you with me? There's a self-seeking knowledge. Some people would try to call it wisdom, but it's knowledge that equals to pride. And God gives us wisdom not to build ourselves up and to tear others down, but to do what? To build others up. Are you with me? But... Verse 17, the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure, then what? Peaceable and gentle and willing to yield, full of, everybody say mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I want to read to you from the message uh, translation or alliteration, however you want to categorize that. It says this, do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. That's pretty succinct. I like that. It's the way that you live. Here's the key part, not the way that you talk that counts. Let me say that again. It's the way that you live, not the way that you talk that counts. Mean-spirited ambition is not wisdom. Boasting that you're wise is not wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise is not wisdom. In fact, it's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal, cunning, devilish, and plotting. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at each other's throat. Verse 17, real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You could develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along. Everybody say getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity and honor. If there was ever a generation in a world that needed to hear this, it's this one we're living in. Amen? So we're going to talk about today the faith, the faith to have wisdom with others. In other words, how do I relate Wisely, Everybody say wisely. Wisely to others. Because let's face it, every day we encounter different kinds of people. Many kinds of people. Some people are delightful. Some people are difficult. Some people are inspiring. Some people are irritating. And then you leave the house. <laughs> the fact is, there's a lot of problems we have in life because of the conflict of personality and the reason that we can't get along with people. And before you say anything, say, David, well, we're good church people. We've been in this all of our life. Let me tell you something. There's conflict among people inside the church. You want to know why? 
Because look around the room, it's all filled with human beings. Are you with me? And let's face it, as pastor often says, when your relationships are bad, life stinks. It's not very fun. Life is miserable. And you can have a lot of money and a lot of opportunities and have a lot of education, but if your relationships are bad, you're miserable. And I'll even say this. You can have a lot of money, a lot of opportunities, and a lot of education and be in church, and if your relationships are bad, you're still miserable. It's very important James is saying to us that we learn, everybody say we learn how to get along with others. Verse 18 says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest. Everybody say a harvest of goodness. What is James saying here? James is saying that every day that we walk around and interact with others and speak to others, we are actually planting seeds into those relationships. We can plant seeds of anger. We can plant seeds of confidence. We can plant seeds of security or insecurity. We can plant seeds of jealousy. There's all kinds of seeds uh, that we can plant into our relationships. And so when we plant those seeds, inevitably what's going to happen? We're going to reap the harvest of that relationship. How can I be a peacemaker? How can I have peaceful relationships? Number one, wisdom. Everybody shout wisdom. We have to learn how to treat others with wisdom. Often we treat people in various foolish ways. We provoke the exact opposite behavior of what we would normally like to see in them. People may be educated, but they don't have wisdom. That's the problem with the world that we live in. We've got a lot of information, but very little wisdom. We take in a lot of information every single day by a digital means, but we have very little wisdom. People can be educated. And you know what? I will even say this. People can be theologically educated and still not have wisdom. People can be very brilliant when it comes to the Bible, but still have serious breakdowns when it comes to human relationships. James says he wants us to see three things. He wants to define what wisdom really is, how it differs from human wisdom, and he wants us to see how it operates. First thing, verse 13, and this is in your notes. He says this, wisdom is a lifestyle. Everybody say, wisdom is a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with my intelligence. It has everything to do with my relationships and my character. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his Good life. Everybody say his good life. By deeds done in humility. Imagine James walking in to the American church and saying, may I see the hands of all those who are wise. Now, if we were foolish enough to raise our hands, the first response would be to him is prove it to me. Show me with your life, your wisdom. It's not a matter of what we say with our lips, but it's a matter of what we live with our life. Are you with me? Let me say that again. It's not a matter of what we say with our lips. Uh, it's a matter of how we live our life. How do we get along with other people shows how really wise we really are. 
And I'll say this, pastor said it last week, how we get along and speak to people who are not like us, who do not believe like us, who do not vote like us, it also shows us how wise we really are. Because it's easy to get along with someone who loves you, but it's not easy to get along with someone who you have a difficult relationship with. That's why James says, I don't want to know it by what you say. I want to know it by how you live. Wisdom has more to do with character and relationships than it does with education and intelligence. Wisdom, hear me very carefully. I wish I'd put this in your notes, but you should write it down. Wisdom creates humility. Knowledge causes pride, but wisdom causes humility. Let me say that again. Knowledge causes pride, but wisdom causes humility. James in 4, 6, 4 through 16, he says, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast about it and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is what? Earthly. It is unspiritual. It is even of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, you find disorder. So we see that now the lack of wisdom, or say the lack of wisdom, causes disorder, chaos, and confusion. The lack of wisdom causes disorder, chaos, and confusion. Do you have confusion in your home? Do you have chaos at work? Do you have chaos in the relationships that are around you? Then what should you do? You should ask for wisdom. It really is the source of so many challenges in our life, our lack of wisdom. How can I know that I'm wise and how I relate to people? He gives us a test, a wisdom test. Everybody say a wisdom test. He wants us to see how really wise we are. In verse 17, he lists the characteristics of wise people. I love this verse. But wisdom that comes down from heaven is first what? Pure. Everybody say pure. Then what? Peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and it has good fruit, and it's impartial, and it's sincere. Think about all those terms. Everybody say it with me. Pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. That sounds like good people right there. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a true Christ-following believer. Number one, if I'm wise, number one, this is your notes, if I'm wise, I will not compromise my integrity. I'm wise. If I'm wise, I will not compromise my integrity. The wisdom that comes from heaven, James says, is first of all what? Pure. Everybody say pure. The word here means uncorrupted or authentic. First John 3, 3, the word is used to refer to Jesus' character, his integrity. If I'm really genuine, I am going to be wise. And if I'm wise, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to cheat you. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to be deceitful. I know a lot of people who consider themselves wise, but they still walk in the spirit of manipulation. Let me tell you something about manipulation, ladies and gentlemen. It's in the church and it's out of the church. It has one source and it's witchcraft. If you have to use a relationship to get something for yourself without being direct and pure in your, in your initiative and you are operating in the spirit of witchcraft, you're operating in the spirit of manipulation, you're operating in the spirit of spiritual witchcraft. 
It's the truth. So Paul says, if I'm going to be wise, I'm going to be a person of integrity. You know what integrity and character is? It's not who we are here on Sunday morning, Brother Jason. It's not who we are in public. It's who we are when no one else is looking. Amen? It's who we are in the dark. Because all relationships are built on two things, trust and respect. And if we don't have honesty, who's going to trust us? If we don't have honesty, who's going to respect us? Obviously, there's two great books of wisdom in the Bible. The Old Testament is Proverbs. The New Testament, we've been walking through it in, in James. And Proverbs 10, 9 says this, a man of integrity walks securely. What's he talking about? In other words, a man of integrity is not afraid of being found out because he doesn't say one thing to one person and tells a different story to another person. Or he doesn't say one thing to one person and acts a different way to another person. Someone said, no man has a good enough memory to be a habitual liar. Eventually, your heart is going to leak out of your mouth. And if you've got integrity, you've got confidence, you can walk securely in your relationships and you know you're not putting people on. I love people who are the same on Sunday as they are on Tuesday. Amen. 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 Number two, if I am wise, I will not antagonize your anger. Here we go. What is he saying? I will not make you angry. Wise people work at maintaining harmony. They're not always looking for a fight. James says, wisdom is peace loving. Everybody say, wisdom is peace loving. Have you ever met someone who is always looking for a fight? Is it exhausting to be around those people? Absolutely. I heard a story about one guy who was so argumentative, he would only eat the food that disagreed with him. <laughs> but if you're smart, you won't antagonize other people's anger. Proverbs 23 says it very plainly. Any fool can start an argument. The wise thing is to stay out of them. What causes arguments? I didn't put this in your notes, but I should have. Sorry. But you can jot these three things. Three things down that cause arguments. If you're wise, you'll avoid these three things. You can put it on the back of your paper. Number one, comparing. Everybody say comparing. What does comparing mean? Things like, well, uh, if you were just like so-and-so, or why can't you be like such-and-such, such, uh, where when I was your age, well, my first husband, hallelujah, 2 Corinthians 10 says it's unwise to compare. The second thing that causes arguments is condemning. Everybody say condemning. It's all your fault or you should be a same. You always, you never, you ought to, you should, you shouldn't. Someone said this, you can bury a good marriage with a lot of digs. Condemning. Contradicting is number three. How do we like to be interrupted in the middle of a sentence? None of us do. It's absolutely irritating. Right? William James says this, the secret of wisdom is knowing what to overlook. Some things are just not worth the fight. And if I'm smart and if I'm wise in my relationships, 
I will not compromise my integrity and I won't antagonize your anger. A wise man controls his temper and he knows that anger causes mistakes. Let me tell you something. There's the, hear me very carefully. There's a difference between dealing with anger because the Bible says that we should be angry what? And sin not, right? So we can have a righteous indignation. We should be angry at the devil. Are you with me? I said we should be angry at the devil. We should be angry at the injustice that's in the world. Amen? We should be angry at those things. But the spirit of anger is the spirit that would try to torment us and rise up in the face of every relationship and situation. Here's what I have found out. Most of the time that I am angry, the source of my anger is because I'm not getting my own way. And I'm not seeing the situation the way that I thought the situation should go. That's a good word. I know it's Wednesday night, but it's still a good word. I'm telling you by personal expression. Many times the reason that I get angry with my wife or with my son is because I am being selfish and not getting my way. And I think that they should do something that for me that they're not doing for me. Amen. There is a difference between righteous indignation and the spirit of anger, but I do know people who deal with the spirit of anger. And if you have those people in your life, be very careful around those people because there will be constant conflict. Can you be delivered from the spirit of anger? Absolutely. You can be delivered from anything, but anger causes mistakes. Anger causes mistakes. Number three, I won't minimize your feelings. Wisdom is considerate, James says. Considerate means mindful of the feelings of others. There's a common mistake that if I don't feel the way that you feel, then your feelings must be invalid or illogical or irrational or maybe even dumb. But James says wise people are considerate. They do not minimize other people's feelings. If I'm wise, I will not minimize your feelings. Proverbs 15:4. Kind words bring what? Life. Let me say that again. Kind words bring life, but cruel words will what? Crush your spirit. We've all experienced this in our life. We've all experienced this. We all have been in a place where we've tried to play psychologists. Oh, I know why you feel that way. What are we doing? We're condescending what they feel. We're condescending toward people. And James says, if I'm wise in my relationships, I will not minimize your feelings and I will be considered. How many of you have ever played this game? My day can beat your day. Husband comes home, worn out, starts complaining. Traffic was bad. The boss was upset. The air conditioner went out. The wife says, oh, yeah, I can beat that. Junior put the cat in the toilet. The roast burned. Anybody been there before? Come on, how many honest people we got in the house? Amen. We've all been in that situation before. And the fact is that both people had a tough day. But wisdom is what? Considerate. Allow your spouse to be tired without having to say, well, I'm a lot more tired than you are. 
The fact is you're both tired. The fact is that, that you need to be aware. That's the key part of wisdom is awareness. Amen. The key part of wisdom is awareness. Number four, I won't criticize your decisions or suggestions. So what, what are we saying here? What if people are wrong? Here's what James is saying. A wise person can learn from any person. A wise person can learn from anybody. He's not defensive. He's open to reason. He's not stubborn. He's willing to listen and to learn. Wisdom is submissive. Everybody say wisdom is submissive. In other words, there's another word here for it in the New Testament. It is reasonable. It is willing to listen, willing to be to open to ideas and suggestions. The Revised Standard Version says it's open to reason. It allows discussion. If you're around a person who all the time is right, there's a word for that. It's called narcissism. And everybody said, amen. Man, we might need to park off right there. Hallelujah. If you're around people who are constantly having to be right, they probably have a narcissistic personality. It's all about what? Them and what they think. Can our family and our friends really reason with us? The Bible says if you're wise, you're reasonable. You're open to suggestion. A wise person does not antagonize your anger, does not minimize your feelings, and does not criticize your suggestions. Don't be defensive. If someone makes a suggestion, we take it as personal criticism. How many of us have ever had to deal with that before? Right? All of us have had to deal with that before. But we have to remember that a wise person can learn from anyone. It doesn't matter where I go in life. I want to make sure that I'm in a position where I can learn from every person that's around me. Every person that's around me. I want to be teachable. Everybody say teachable. What does that mean? I want to be open to what God is trying to show me, even if it comes from an unlikely source. I heard a story one time of a preacher who preached his first sermon at a new church. And when it was over, a guy walked out and pastor was standing there and he said, pastor, quite frankly, your sermon stunk. Pastor was trying to be open and reasonable and wise. And he said, what didn't you like about it? He said, well, in the first place, you read it word for word. In the second place, you read it pretty pitifully. In the third place, it wasn't even worth reading in the first place. And he walked off. Another guy walked right behind him and said, don't listen to old Jim. He just repeats what he hears everybody else saying. You know, we should take criticism and compliments and deposit them in the same place. I'll just leave it at that. If you're wise, you're open to suggestions. There's a difference between someone suggesting something to you out of relationship and criticizing you, right? Proverbs 12, 15 says, a fool thinks he needs no advice. A wise man listens to others. If it's true, listen and learn from it. If it's false, ignore it and forget it. 
If I'm wise, I'll be open to reason and I won't criticize your suggestions. I'll listen to them. Number five, if I'm wise, I won't emphasize your mistakes. This is huge. Wisdom, James says, is full of mercy. Everybody say mercy. Wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. Do we jump on people that we are in relationship with every time they make a mistake, every time they make a blunder? Do we always use everybody in our family as the butt of our jokes at family reunions? That's not being wise. James says, wisdom is full of mercy. I will not emphasize your mistakes. Let me tell you what wisdom is not. Wisdom is not scorekeeping. Let me say that again. Wisdom is not scorekeeping. When we're in relationships with people, wisdom is not us keeping an account of their mistakes so that we can hold it over them with leverage and they can never be set free even when they have asked for forgiveness. I know a lot of spouses that have trouble keeping score. And they have scorecards. One of the best pieces of advice, and this is not a marriage class, but this is good anyway. One of the best pieces of advice that my wife's pastor gave us while we were counseling before we got married is he said this. Never tell your family about something that your spouse did to hurt you, offend you, or create a problem for you. Why is that? Because you'll get around to making up. It may take a day, it may take a week, but you'll make up and you'll forget about it. But your family won't forget about it. And they'll keep a perpetual scorecard. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to relationships, we've got to learn how to burn the scorecard. And I'm not just talking about marriage. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. People are going to let us down. I don't care how much we love them. I don't care how much we respect them. I don't care how much we put them on a pedestal. I don't care how deep we are in relationship with them. People are going to let us down. Guess what? You get to flip that around and look at yourself in the mirror. You are going to let someone down. And if you don't want them keeping score, you don't need to keep score either. I remember sister so-and-so way back in 1976 and she did not speak to me on Mother's Day. Poor, pitiful person. You know people like that? I know people like that. I know brother so-and-so, he said in my pew on Easter Sunday morning. That's, that's, that's not what James is talking about. James is saying, you can't keep score. You can't, you can't emphasize people's mistakes. Proverbs 17, 9 says, love forgets mistakes. Nagging about them parts even the best of friends. If you're wise, you won't rub it in, you'll rub it out. You won't hold it over their heads, you'll forget it. And when someone stumbles, you won't judge them, you encourage them. We don't need judgment, we need encouragement. Can I say that again? We don't need judgment, we need encouragement. When we see people fall down, ladies and gentlemen, why is it that the church glorifies in the failure of people in the church? The church should be the safest place to fail. We should be in the encouraging business. We should be in the picking up business. Amen? Amen. And 
the thing about it is, let me say this, and I'm going to move on. Many times we will treat people better that we don't know than people that we do know. Right? Why is that? I don't know why that is, but it's something in our humanity. We will treat people that we don't know. We'll treat a stranger better than we'll treat someone that we're in relationship with or our family member or somebody at church. Are you with me? It shouldn't be that way. We should treat every single person the same. Amen? Wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. I've been leaning into that over the last few days. Wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. Good fruit is action. It's wisdom in action. It's something that I do, right? It's not just something that I say. It's something that I do. It's not just me speaking something over you. It's me covering you with your my life and encouraging you and strengthening you and walking beside you, right? Why? Mercy always triumphs over judgment, James says. You should go back and underline that and highlight that in your Bible because that's a key verse. Mercy always triumphs over judgment. What is James saying? Mercy is a greater principle than judgment. James says, if I'm wise, I won't emphasize your mistakes. I won't criticize your suggestions. I won't minimize your feelings. I won't antagonize your anger. And if I'm wise, I will not. Last point here tonight. I will not disguise my own weaknesses. Now here, we were good with the rest of this, but this is where we start to get kind of tense. The mark of a wise person is that they do not try to hide and disguise their own weight, their own weaknesses. What is he saying? He says this in, in, in James 3, wisdom is impartial and sincere. These two words in the Greek sound very similar. They sound like the word hypocrite. How many of you have ever heard that word? Hypocrite, right? It means without, the word means without hypocrisy. What does that mean? It means straightforward, right on. In Greek theater, you've heard this illustration. There would be a couple or three actors playing the entire play and they would change parts. How would they change parts? They would just hold what? Different masks in front of their face. And one person could have five or six different masks and five or six different parts. And that person in that play was called a hypocrite. Why? Because they had all kinds of masks. And James says, if you're going to be wise, you can't be fake. You don't wear masks and try to be something that you're not. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me very carefully. I know it's Wednesday night and I know it's spring break, but I just want to drop this on you because I think we need this constant reminder. This church should not be known for having perfect people. This church should be known in this community as the place where imperfect people can walk through the door and feel loved. Because let me tell you, last time I checked in this room right here, none of us would want our thoughts from the last 24 hours up on the screen. Amen? So what does that let me? This room is filled with what? Imperfect people. And James says, if you're going to be wise, don't be something that you're not. 
We have real people with real sins, real hangups, real faults, real emotional problems, real family problems, real situations that they're dealing with, and real wise people will be transparent. You want to know what the power of transparency is? If we get it out in the open, the devil can't beat your brains in about it. Amen? I said, if we get it out in the open, the devil can't breach your brains in about it. Uh, yeah, that's who I used to be. Uh, yes, that's who I used to be. Yes, that's what I used to struggle with. Uh, no, I'm not proud of it. Uh, that's who I was. But now it's all under the blood. Uh, but I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm thankful for where God brought me. I said, I'm thankful for where God brought me. And in relationships, people are always going to identify with your weaknesses more than they will ever identify with your strengths. Wise people are honest, open, real, and authentic, and transparent. Let me tell you this. Wise people, hear me very carefully, wise people learn to live in glass houses. I should be the same person you see tonight on Wednesday night as if you stopped by my house and stepped into my living room. Two or three witnesses? I should be the same person on Saturday night of Railroad Festival. Hallelujah. That you saw on Sunday morning. Same person. Why? Because I live in a place of transparency. I live in a place of testimony. I live in a place where I know where God brought me from. Is there some junk there? Is there, is there some icky stuff there? Yeah. Is there some things that I probably don't want to just sit around and talk about in polite company? Absolutely. It's all there. But let me tell you something. That's what was there. I'm now covered under the blood of Jesus. And I'm not afraid to share that testimony. Just a few weeks ago, right here on this very platform, I was very transparent with the audience that was here. I was very transparent about some of the things that I had went through as a young man and a very newly married young man and minister. And I was not afraid. You know why? Because number one, I felt like this was a safe place. And number two, I feel like if anything that I should share with you, even if it's from this platform or sitting in my living room, you should love me enough to keep loving me no matter what you heard. Because I know that I can sit in my living room and you can drop by and you can dump a bunch of stuff on me and I'm not going to even flinch because, honey, I've heard it all. I promise you, I've heard it all. And we need to be in a place that we live a life of transparency. What does that mean? That means every day I walk in grace. Every day I walk up and I know the very moment that I rose up, I've got fresh new mercy today. And God is ordering my steps and he is keeping me. And he's ordering my mind and my spirit. Do I want to go back? back to that? No, I don't want to go back to that. Do I want to dwell in that? No. Do I want to glorify in it? No. But it's a part of my story and God brought me out of that. And so if I can share that with somebody and they can get a hold of that for themselves and they don't have to, number one, struggle with it for themselves or number two, hey, if that guy on the platform overcame it, then I know that I can overcome it. Are you with me? Amen. It's a level of transparency. And let me tell you something. Relationships, hear me very carefully. I wish I'd put this in your notes, but I just want you to think about this. Relationships only succeed at the level of their transparency. 
Boom. I could hear a pin drop. Let me say that again. Relationships only succeed at the level of their transparency. When I got engaged to my wife, I took a big risk. One night, coming home from church, I shared everything about my life. Brother Ashton, everything. All the relationships I've been with, all the darkness that I've been a part of. I said, David, I thought you were a preacher's kid. I was a preacher's kid. I am a preacher's kid. But let me, you heard about preacher's kids? Yeah. Yeah. Preacher's kids make good backslidden preacher's kids. And I was. I was away from God. I hope you can handle this level of transparency because I thought we was in relationship with each other. I said, I thought we was relationship. You still going to love? I hope somebody still loves me after church here. But I laid it all out and I took a risk. You know why I took a risk? Because I wanted her to know everything before we got married instead of finding out about it after I got married. And I took the risk. What was the risk? The risk says if I'll be transparent and have the awareness that she loves me no matter what, she's still going to love me after this conversation. And I got done and there was this horrible long silence. She turned to me with tears in her eyes and she said, I still love you and I'll still marry you. Relationships only can exist at the level of transparency you're willing to walk in. My wife is my best friend. There is nothing. Hear me very carefully. There is nothing. There is no struggle, no thought, nothing that I keep from her. I hope you have that level of relationship in your life. Proverbs 28, 13 says, you'll never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. When you start telling people what your weaknesses are, they're not going to be shocked because they probably already know if they know you. Now, I hate to burst your bubble, but most people who love you, who are around you at any point in time probably already know your weaknesses. You and I are usually the last one to admit it. Right? We see each other's weaknesses all the time. Amen? Why do we go around pretending that we don't know? Because we do. If I'm wise, I will not disguise my weaknesses. People appreciate honesty and being gut level with them and sharing where they are. Do I need to overshare? No, you don't need to overshare. Right? But you need to share. Why? Because people need to know that they can overcome things that you've gone through. Amen. How do we rate, ladies and gentlemen, on the, on the wisdom test tonight? Do we tend to antagonize anger? Do we use people, manipulate them, use them for the things that we want? Do we tend to tick people off? Do we tend to press their hot button? James says, this is not wise. If I'm wise, I will not antagonize your anger. If I'm wise, I will not minimize your feelings. If I am wise... If I am wise, I will not criticize your decisions. If I am wise, I will not minimize how you feel. So the last thing, and we're closing. How do I get wisdom? I'm glad you asked, because James makes it very clear, and we've already covered it in chapter one. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him what? 
ask of God. Knowledge comes from education. Wisdom comes from God. To get knowledge, look around. To get wisdom, you better look up. Knowledge comes from reason. Wisdom comes from revelation. Knowledge is something you learn. Wisdom is a gift, and it's a gift from God. The first scripture, and I'm closing, the first thing that I pray in the morning is found in Colossians 1. You'll turn over there into your Bible, and I'm closing. Brother Ashton, you can come. So they'll know I'm really closing. Colossians 1. Turn over there in your Bible. We'll close right here. Has this been helpful to somebody? Is this, is this going to help you tomorrow? I hope this helps you tomorrow. I hope this helps you tonight when you go home. Paul is writing to the Colossian church and he says this. Hear me very carefully. You can stand, but I want to read it to you. For this reason, we also, since the day that we heard, do not cease to do what? Pray. Everybody say pray. For you. And here's what, listen to what Paul's asking. Real carefully. To ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God and strengthened with all of his might according to his glorious power. What is Paul saying? He's saying, I'm praying for you, church at Colossia. I'm praying for you that you would be filled with God's what? Wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, I dare say that that should be the first prayer that we wake up and pray every single morning. And you know what? We should pray it over and over and over and over and over again all day long. Because if we're leaning on our own knowledge, it's going to fail. But God can deposit supernatural wisdom into our life. And we can be in a situation, in a circumstance that we don't even understand. And God does a work or speaks a word to us. How does that happen? It comes by what? The spirit of wisdom through the power of the Holy Ghost. Right now, just all over this place, could you just lay your hand on your head and say, Lord, fill me with your wisdom. Let that, come on, let that be a sincere prayer right now at the end of this service. Fill us, God, with your wisdom, the knowledge of your will. The knowledge of the understanding that could only come from you. All spiritual wisdom be deposited into our life, Lord, right now. Lord, as we lift our hands, could you just do that right now? Just lift your hands as a surrender to him and say, Lord, whatever the struggle is, there's some area in this wisdom test that James has given us in James 3 Maybe there's some area here that we struggle with. God, I lay it at the altar today. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I repent. Fill me with your wisdom right now. In Jesus' name. 
Lord, if there's broken relationships in this house, fix them. If there's spouses that need to forgive one another, let the door be open. If there's broken relationships between children and parents and parents and children, we pray, Lord, right now that the breath of your wisdom would sweep over these families, situations, circumstances right now. Come on, could you just let that your prayer as they sing this song, we're gonna go home. They're gonna sing us out of here. You're dismissed, but let's just take a moment right now and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I don't have all the answers, Lord. I need you. I need your hand leading the way. Can't make